I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. For Yahoo Sports Canada, I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. They just, they just refuse to tank. They just will not go away even though the Raptors are down four starters um the Raptors still come away with the win beating OKC by a score of 112 to 106 and um you gotta give it up to Chris Boucher in this game this guy was sensational (laughs) sensational from start to finish um and I really mean that because this is a game where he made I mean forget the stats 31 points you know season high six threes probably career high six threes um just the shots that he was making, man. It was like, I don't know. When you're watching this game, and you're watching this game on your computer or your television or, or your phone or whatever you're watching it on, um, <laughs> like, Chris made like at least four or five shots that made you just scream. And including the game winner, where he, well, not game winner. It was a, it was, that was not the shot that ne- test, technically won the game, but it was a game-clinching shot. Where Gary Trent Jr. worked off a very solid screen by Cam Birch uh, on Lou Dort. Cam, after the game, said Lou flopped. Um, he said he barely touched him. I don't know about that. In any case, it was a bit of an emphatic um, display by Lou. And uh, Gary got downhill. Help came over into the middle of the lane. He kicked it to the corner. And Boucher hit the three. And... Um, yeah, it kind of clinched like a what was a really fun game. I know people want them to tank. I know people, you know, want this or that. And and you know, to be honest, there were a large chunks of this game where the Raptors looked like they were losing and they looked like they were tanking. Um, but <laughs> they just refused. And Chris was a big part of that today. I mean, you, you how can how can you deny some of these performances? You know, it's very fun watching Paul Watson do what he did. It's very fun watching you do what he did uh, last game against the Magic. And today it was great fun watching Boucher do what he did. I mean, Boucher made, again, you can try to take away some of the weapons, but Boucher just found a way. Like, started the game. First quarter, I think Boucher had like 17, something like that. He made multiple threes, was, was you know, was was dropping guys. Like, I mean, literally Chris Boucher was dropping guys. He was, he crossed over against uh, Alexei uh, Pokushevsky and dropped the guy. Like, he literally fell to the ground. Chris looked at him, then stepped back like James Harden and, and hit the three. Like, it was literally James Harden versus Wesley Matthews. It's, instead, it was featuring the two players in the NBA with the the lowest BMIs. Um, and, yeah, he just made a number of crazy shots. Like, Boucher ran two pick and rolls today, and both of them worked? Like, what? <laughs> like, I don't mean, like, you know, the pick and roll worked with Chris Boucher. Someone ran the pick and roll, and, and he scored. No, 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 Chris Boucher was handling the ball, coming off screens, and he scored. And the two times he did this, both times he scored. One time he got to the mid-range for a little mid-range pull-up, okay. And then another time, you know, it was late in the game, fourth quarter, he runs the pick-and-roll with um, Cam Birch, and Chris decides to take the three, and he gets fouled. (laughs) And he gets three free throws, and he makes the three. Like, it was unbelievable. And he had just a number of clutch shots down the stretch there. He got a three... Off a pass of Malachi Flynn, a pick and pop there. 
and that gave the Raptors a lead as well late in the game. Um, then, you know, good defensive sequence, Raptors out on the break. Flynn threw it to Utah, cutting, and then Utah dished it off to Boucher, who got the two to drop. I mean, just a lot of really good play. And again, it was very fun. I mean, again, you know, you might say, well, you know, oh, man, you're not going to say it's fun next year when the Raptors get up the 10th pick. I don't know, man. If the Raptors play like this, I'm, I'm, am I going to hate? Am I going to really turn off the TV? I'm not, I'm not going to get excited? Of course not. Like, you know, this is, this is good stuff, honestly. And, you know, I, I would say that the start of this game was a little hard to watch at times. It did have the vibe and intensity of Summer League, I would say. You know, um, it's kind of like an empty building. Um, two teams, not a lot of guys you recognize, <laughs> to be honest. Like, how many guys do you recognize on the Thunder, really? And, um, yeah, you know, the, 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 the result was inconsequential. And I actually kind of am enjoying some of these games now more than late and then earlier in the season. Um, only because, like... I'm kind of, like, it feels like they win whether they win or lose. Like, if they win, great. We can, you know, look at some of these things and it's fun to talk about. If they lose, it's like, yeah, all right, it helps the tank. It's no big deal, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm sure the front office has a specific direction they want to go based on how many guys are resting. But, you know, uh, listen, how are you going to stop God's plan? As DeMarcus Cousins famously said, um, yeah, how are you going to stop God's plan here? And God's plan was to have Chris Boucher make every single shot. No, Chris was honestly playing ridiculously well offensively. And I think, you know, Nick touched on it after the game. It's sort of like now that he's shifted to power forward, he's had to create a little bit more. When you're center, you're always having to come screen for the ball, then roll and then pop. Like, there's not a lot of handling for Chris to attack. Um, and I'm not saying that Chris is now suddenly going to become the pick-and-roll uh, playmaker for this team. He's not going to become Luka Doncic or anything like that. But, I mean, he was playing great offensively. And it's been very fun to see him you know, break out some of these moves. You know, we saw it a little bit in previous games as well. Um, I think in the the game against the the Bulls where he had 38 and 19, which, bruh, he had 38 and 19. Um, but in that game against the, the Bulls where he had 38 and 19, he was taking a lot of these, like, drive-in, pull-up jumpers and stuff like that. And, like, there's, there's some real offensive skill there that I think we're kind of tapping into with Chris. In any case, it felt like, you know, very much it was sort of a shot-for-shot kind of situation early in this game. Um, Boucher came out strong, but Lou Dort for the Thunder came out even stronger um, in, in the Battle of Montreal there. And listen, the broadcast will not let you forget that the, these two were from Montreal, man. They mentioned it every other sentence on the broadcast, which I appreciate. You know, I, I do think that that's very cool. Shout out to 514. But um, in any case, it was a, it was quite a lot. Uh, yeah, I heard 514 on the broadcast more than I heard 519 with Ray Mysterio watching... Um, WWE SmackDown. Anyway, um, yeah, Luthor came out really, really strong. Like, he was awesome at the start of the game. I mean, he was hitting all these jumpers. He's got, like, a very weird jumper where it doesn't look like it's going to go in because it's, like, such a high-looping shot. Like, it's like Derek Fisher-esque with, like, how much of an arc he's going to put on that jumper. But it just, like, swishes through the net. And it swished through the net, like, nonstop in the first half. It was great. He was pulling out, like, mid-range shots. He was getting to the rim, finishing, and ones. Uh, he was doing everything, and he's been on a scoring run of late. And you can definitely see he has, he has a scoring skill set. I know people, you know, he's he's another guy who, you know, guys when you break into the league, especially last year when he was a, t- a two way contract, like you know, a defensive guy for sure. And you got to build that reputation, and he can defend too. Like we can really see him sort of pestering to guys. He's got the activity for, it, he's got the hands for, it, he's got the feet for, it, he's got the body for it too. But offensively, he's he's really starting to blossom here, and he was awesome tonight. Um. 
But yeah, it was. It, I don't know. It was a, a bit of a weird game. I thought the Raptors really tightened up defensively in the uh, second half. It was actually funny because Nick called timeout like I don't know two minutes into the game after uh, Pukushevsky drove right past Boucher for a layup, which happened a few times. Um, and yeah, it felt like okay, Nick really wants him to sort of clamp down defensively. You never see Nick take that early timeout. I call that like the Popovich timeout, where he just doesn't like it early and he's just gonna. You know, not in the show his guys up, but just really take control. Um, that didn't really work. The Raptors still getting torched, but I thought in the second half they really, really played well. Um, and you know, I think a lot of the Raptors defensively right now isn't just them playing really garbage teams because we've seen bad teams really torch the Raptors. You know, earlier this season, I think it's really just the Raptors have size now, and they really have the ability to stop guys. Like for example, one of the biggest turning points in this game was uh, the play of Miles, uh, Moses Brown. Moses Brown, as I said last time the Raptors played and lost to the Thunder, Moses Brown was looking like freaking Moses Malone. Um, he had 20 points and 12 rebounds uh, in, in the, the Thunder's win against the Raptors when the Raptors went to OKC last month. And, you know, he was, he had seven offensive rebounds. I mean, look at the difference today. Zero points, four rebounds, only one offensive. 20 minutes, 0-3, didn't play, uh, didn't close the game. And the difference there is Kem Birch is here, and Kem can actually guard and put a body and wrestle some of these guys and, and really do a good job of just, like, matching some of the athleticism of these guys. Because, you know, like, the Thunder, I mean, yeah, you don't know who these guys are, but they're young, they're athletic, they're they're quick, um, and they're unselfish. They play team basketball. It is a little bit harder to guard in that situation, especially if you're not prepared. And I do feel like the Raptors now have the personnel to be solid in the middle, like, you know, if you look at even further, the Raptors lost the offensive rebounding battle last time the Raptors played the Thunder, nineteen to seven. Today, the Raptors win sixteen to nine. And the possession matters. Like having more possessions matter. Like the Raptors didn't shoot the ball efficiently. They got they shot thirty eight percent as a team. They hit the three decently, but like you know, so did the Thunder. Um, but the Raptors had more possessions, and that's sometimes what wins you games is having more possessions. You know, and the, and the Thunder turned the ball over as well, too, and the Raptors did a better job taking care of the ball. But, yeah, it turns out having bigs is 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 important. And, you know, Boucher and Birch today combined for 10 offensive rebounds and uh, 18 rebounds as a whole. That was fun to watch. Um, and, yeah, guys are just chipping in. You know, even Freddie Gillespie off the bench. Uh, give me those little soft lefty hook shots. Uh, I'm really enjoying what he's bringing. Uh, you know, honestly, when the Raptors go to the bench... I mean, because of the, the, by virtue of their injuries at the moment, you're seeing tons of guards coming off the bench. The smallest guy coming off the bench was DeAndre Bember, who's 6'5". Um, Rodney Hood, 6'8". Stanley Johnson, 6'8". Yuta Watanabe, 6'8". And Freddie Gillespie is like 6'10", but also really solid. So, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of size. And uh, it's, you know, offensively it's a struggle. Like, I would say the second quarter there, there were some real ugly moments. The Raptors ran with... The all-bench lineup of Bembry, Hood, Johnson, Watanabe, and Gillespie. And I have to say that it was very ugly offensively because the Thunder literally just went under every screen. They zoned a little bit. And, yeah, it was clear that nobody in the Raptors could real or in that lineup could shoot or create something from the perimeter. Rodney, probably the best. But it's like when you're force-feeding Utah, like, man, that's that's ugly. Um, that's not necessarily going to be Utah's skill set. Utah's going to play on the catch and try to make a quick move, or he's going to take a quick three of late. Um, but yeah, it was tough. And I, I literally looked up their three-point uh, per game 
averages for that bench lineup. And Rodney was at 0.9 makes per game as a Raptor, so he was number one. Then it was Stanley and Utah tied for 0.63s per game. Then DeAndre Bembry at 0.2, and Freddie has not made a three. New Freddie, so... Yeah, I, I just you just rarely see lineups in the modern NBA where not a single guy in the team is averaging one three per game, considering half the shots in the modern NBA are, are threes nowadays. In any case, though, that was a tanking lineup, but the Raptors kind of responded well second half. They played less of that lineup. They played more of the, the stuff that worked, and the Raptors did pretty well, I thought. They really they won the second half uh, emphatically. Um they got, it was 29-21 and 21 in the third quarter. I think the Raptors guarded a lot better. They really got a handle on Lou Dort. And I, I think a lot of the credit has to go to Gary Trent on the ball. Um, you know, he really pressured Dort's handle. And it's not, I don't really think Dort has a shaky handle necessarily. And he only had one turnover today. Uh, it was a key turnover though. And Trent did, 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 did take it off of him. But, you know, I, I just, I like the way Gary kind of matched his aggression. Um, Lou Dort's a very aggressive player, will play physically and, Gary's not a guy who's going to shy away from aggression. Um, and so I, I liked what they did defensively. And the Raptors won the fourth quarter as well, 31-26, to 26, with some pretty good execution down the stretch. Like, the Raptors held the Thunder scoreless for, like, four straight minutes, which was great. Um, and then they had obviously had to execute a lot. You know, late game, they had to execute, get a th- get a shot. You know, if they made that shot, with Boucher made that shot, that, that you know, that's, that's the game right there. Raptors were up three, shot clock turned off, um, four. No, no, the shot clock was on, but... Thunder still had time remaining. Like, if you make any basket there, you're pretty much winning the game. And the Raptors executed quite well coming out of that timeout. And, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, something Nick said before the game is sort of just like, look, <laughs> the way he develops players is just like, part of developing is like learning how to win. And I do think that some of these guys getting some very valuable experiences. Like, you know, I, I think you're not going to see, I mean, the stakes are low, which is good. But, you know, um, you're seeing guys execute. When they ran when they needed to, right? In that fourth quarter, when, when the Raptors, you know, uh, struggled to inbound, they called their they used their last timeout, I believe. Nick uh, called timeout to get you know uh, to advance the ball to half court, then to drop his play. They executed quite well. They really did. Um, they got the ball inbounds to Birch, the biggest guy on the floor, which is good. It makes sense as an inbound target considering he's the biggest guy. He gets the ball to Gary Trent, who is the guy you would want to create your shot at the end of the game. Gary's going to handle the pressure there from Lou. He's going to get the screen from Birch. Birch is going to pop Dort on the screen. And then, yeah, you make a play. Whether you're going to go for the mid-range shot, which uh, I thought Gary for sure was going to go for, considering he he did definitely look for that shot a lot tonight. Um, but the defense helped over, and he kicked it to the guy. And that, that's valuable. That really is valuable. And I think that, um, you know, there's something to take from these games. Um experience-wise for a lot of these guys. Um, speaking of Gary, very odd game for Gary, I would say. Um, not the most efficient. Okay, look, listen. If the Raptors lost this game, we would definitely be a lot more negative on Gary. Let's be real, okay? He had shot 9 of 25. That's right. He took 25 shots. He only made 9. He didn't have a single assist until that last play where he kicked it to Boucher so like honestly a game clinching assist that's fantastic but yeah he didn't have a single assist and he took 25 shots and he didn't get to the free throw line like that's that's like the holy trifecta of like yo this is this is nasty this is this is 2012 Rudy Gay stuff right here um now I'll have to say though that like I do really like Gary's game and I do think that you know him coming off after a few games of sitting out he plays today 0-5 in the first quarter. It wasn't surprised. You know, that's... 
you know, we just saw Fred come back yesterday and, and or two days ago, I forget. Whatever. But, like, Fred came back and he missed a couple of his first few shots and, you know, he took a, a second to sort of get into the game. And we saw that tonight with, uh, with Gary as well. Um, but it did seem like he was forcing a shot a little bit, looking to ISO. And ISO against Lou Dort, I mean, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, I, you know, we, Lou is not, like, like the best defender in the league. But I did see him do a very good job against James Harden last year in the playoffs when the Thunder pushed uh, the Rockets to seven games. And, um, yeah, you know, that was a little hard to see. Now, I think Gary really found his rhythm for a stretch there. I thought in the, the third quarter was probably his best quarter where he really got into a rhythm and the Raptors did a better job of finding him off ball. Because, look, listen, you were going to find Gary. The issue wasn't that Gary was shooting. It was sort of how he was getting his shots because he was getting the ball, working pick and roll, coming off the screen, defenders dropping. Then he gets to the mid-range and then step back. Uh, and just doing that over and over and over again. <laughs> There's one position where he missed two mid-range jumpers in a row. And it's like, yo, you never even see that in the NBA anymore, man. Uh, people aren't... You, you miss... Some, some teams don't take two mid-range jumpers the whole game. And, um, yeah, so that was that was discouraging. But I thought in the third quarter, he, he there was a lot more playmaking for him. So, you know, Ludor was kind of playing... Almost face-guarding him in a way, trying to deny him getting the catch. And Gary was cutting sort of away from the play, so he would sort of fake one way and then cut away, sort of get separation, good pass to get to him, and he got three off, he got a step back three off. There were some nice plays in the third quarter there where I thought he, you know, he, he got it on the catch and he was able to make a move instead of, uh, you know, dribbling and attacking the set defense. But in any case, it uh, wasn't the most efficient outing from Gary, and, uh, you know... I don't know if this necessarily needed to, for him to take 25 shots, but yeah, the aggressiveness is good. His confidence is clearly sky high, and uh, he did make the game clinching assists, so it's really not something to nitpick on him too much for. Uh, Malachi, I liked his game as well. Um, I've been really, really impressed with what Malachi is doing. I know, by the way, there's a conversation around like Malachi versus Teo Maladon, um, you know, and that makes sense. You know, that that probably a conversation the Raptors front office had, for example, when they were coming up on the 29th pick where Malachi was taken and then Maladon was taken in the second round, 20, a 34th pick. So two point guards right there, and it's a natural comparison to have. It's a normal conversation to have, but I will have to say Flynn definitely won that matchup tonight. I mean, Maladon had like a nice play at the end of the game and won, which is cool, but, you know, nine points, three turnovers, minus 22. Didn't really notice him for much of the game, even though I think... I believe Leo compared him to Tony Parker, which, you know, that's... we got to stop comparing every French guard of Tony Parker, man. We did the same thing to, like, Frank um, Tilakina, and that he's he's clearly not Tony Parker. In any case, uh, between the two guys who look more like Tony Parker, I would say Malachi looked more like Tony Parker to me. Um, no, but Malachi played really well. 15.7 rebounds, 5 assists against his opposing rookie. The stretch has come with a Malachi sort of squaring up against a lot of rookies of late, which is been kind of fun to sort of evaluate him on that front to sort of see where he is relative to his peers and yeah Malachi's look pretty good whether it's against like you know why well, I don't even know to be honest Nico Mannion um who else the Cavs at a rookie Okoro in any case whatever um Flint's look pretty good of late and uh yeah today was another nice performance I would say he kind of comes in and out of the game he doesn't he's not always like steady throughout he's always an impact but in the fourth quarter he seems to like he he always seems to come on really strong in the fourth and he played 31 minutes today I thought it was a good job by Nick to manage his minutes a little bit um I think Stanley playing 
pretty good in the third quarter, although very erratic, like a very chaotic style of play, but it was going in. Like, he was, like, dragging his pivot foot, pushing people, traveling, then going on for the layup, and it was, it was like, okay, referee says that's all, that's all good. Like, there was a lot of that stuff for Stanley. I wouldn't say it was the greatest game, but that did buy the Raptors some time, and I think Flynn was able to come in the fourth quarter after getting a bit of a breather, and he finished really strong. Uh, he knocked down two threes, one off a down screen where, um, I forget who was attacking, but, you know, dished it off to Flynn. Then he hit two threes off of um, Kem Birch, uh, making passes on the short roll. Uh, Birch, I mean, Birch has been very solid, honestly, on both ends. I really have no complaints. He, he missed some shots today um, on the roll, but there were very contested shots, and guys were sort of force-feeding him a little bit on the roll because the Raptors weren't getting a lot going downhill towards the basket. Um, in any case, though, uh, Birch made two Nice passes on the short roll to Malachi. This is, you know, so he, he there's a pick and roll. Birch is going to roll. The ball's going to come to Birch. Defender's going to step up to Birch. Birch is then going to throw the pass out to the guy who's open. And, yeah, both times I think he went to Flynn. You know, he had two threes there. He worked a pick and roll. Um, Flynn, that is, got inside the paint. Saw the defense sort of hesitate for a second. And Flynn was able to get to the rim for a layup. Even early in the game, like, he was going driving downhill. And, like, the, you know, the Thunder did have some pretty good size. And Flynn threw this, like, very pretty layup off the glass that was, like, pretty much like the top edge of the glass. Like, a really, really high, soft, bouncing layup that sort of went through. That's a tough finish right there. Um, and, yeah, Flynn just made plays, man. There was late in the game. You know, he he, he flashed a quick double. Um, the Raptors went, went to a zone out of a... Out of, after a dead ball, and the you know the Raptors were playing zone, so you know Malachi was j- jumping over, and he forced Maladon into I believe a turn or a walk, um, because Flynn jumped the passing lane, and Maladon had to sort of change his mind last second and, and turn the ball over. Um, so yeah, I keep you know Flynn's looking really good, and again another efficient game where he doesn't turn the ball over five. Assists, only one turnover. So adding to that assist-to-turnover ratio, which uh, I asked Nick about it after practice yesterday. And yeah, Nick seems to really, really value that from his guards. And yeah, you know, he's he's impressed with what he's seen from Malachi as well. So I think it was a pretty positive performance up, up and down the roster. Utah came in, gave them some pretty good production. The bench, by the way, continued to really give them something. Like every time the Raptors go to the bench, I'm always worried because... A, that's the nature of most benches, and B, like, the Raptors bench this season has legitimately been horrendous. Um, but, of late, they're, you know, they're, they're coming on strong. I thought Freddie and, and Utah showed pretty good chemistry there. Utah, now that he's attacking and he's going downhill, defense is actually coming reacting to him, and then he could sort of pass, and he I think he found two driving dumps to uh, Freddie Gillespie to finish down low. Freddie's with the little soft hook shot with the left, had a dunk. You know, I like the way Freddie's playing a lot. Didn't get on the offense. Didn't get on the rebounds that much in terms of his total rebounding, but I thought he did a really good job. He was always active in the paint, contesting for rebounds. He got two offensive rebounds. I think he got one of those as a putback. And he's just playing well, like playing off instinct, and he's playing. You know, I, I like him too. He, he seems to have quick feet for a guy that big. Um, you know, Utah gave them nice stretches there. I like what Utah's doing. I mean, I think Utah got beat off the dribble by Theo, uh, by Maladon, which was a little strange. And you, you rarely see Utah give up a line drive um, defensively. But, you know, what happens. I do wonder if Utah's getting a little tired. Nick kind of mentioned that Utah played 16 straight minutes there in the second uh, half. And, and Nick must have really liked what Utah was giving because, you know, the Raptors, he came in early in the third quarter, I think seven-minute mark. The Raptors made an early sub, took out Birch, took out... Uh, Watson. Watson had a really tough game. I didn't think he was ready, to be honest. But um, 
they took out Birch and, and Watson early, and they put in Utah. And Utah didn't check out of the game until like late in the game, like maybe two minutes left. So yeah, Nick must have really liked what Utah was giving him. Um, and even Stanley, you know, he, he created enough chaos to score, which was uh, which was good. So um, yeah, it's a good win. I, I I really enjoying the Raptors now having some size going on the offensive glass. That's been fun to watch. Um, I'm enjoying the, just the unpredictable nature of these games. Like I think every single game we see the injury report and we go through the song and dance of like, oh man, the Raptors you know clearly want to tank. You know they're gonna lose this game. Blah 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 blah. And like this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. And it's like okay, who's gonna start? Ha ha. You only have one guard. Whatever. They're gonna have to play like three centers. And like they go into these games and they, honestly they're, they're they're competitive. They're 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 playing together. They're finding a way to defend. Their their defense has been a lot more solid of late. Like, we saw the last time I had to play the Thunder, they scored, like, 130. They had 106 today, like, a lot better. I, you know, I much prefer that. I much prefer not getting killed by Svi Mihailik, man, who had four points today. It was, like, 40 last time the Raptors played. So, I, I do enjoy, like, seeing this style of play from the Raptors, who, um, you know, again, if you wanted to tank, these games are devastating. I understand that, but... I just, for me, I, I just can't turn on... I mean, like, again, I, I'm very cool with the Raptors getting a high pick. I'm just... And I'm very cool with them resting players. I'm just like... You know, at some point, it's like... When the, when the game comes on and the ball's tipped, I'm still rooting for the Raptors, no matter what. That That's just... It just is what it is. I'm sorry. Um, and, I, and I know probably a lot of people have the same way, so... But, I mean, listen, if they win, great. If they lose, not so great, but still fine, right? So, um, what else from this game? Not too much in the post game, to be honest. Um, a lot of talk about Montreal and basketball there. It's it's great to see that. Honestly, it really is. Um, you know, I think obviously so much of basketball in Canada is, com- comes from um, immigrant communities and things like that. And Montreal obviously is a destination for lots of immigrants. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm I, I wouldn't say that the story for immigrants, generally speaking, is like the happiest one all the time. Um, you know, I think a lot of people end up in, like, tougher situations, and they have to sort of fight through that adversity, and that somehow becomes a part of their backstory, which, yeah, I don't know, man. It feels weird that we always lionize adversity like that. But in any case, um, Montreal is really becoming a, a hub for talent because of immigration policies and things like that. And, yeah, it's great to see, honestly, just the amount of talent coming out of um, Canada. I mean, after the game, there was, like, a shot of Chris and... Um, well, first it was Chris and uh, Ken Birch. Then Ken Birch was. Then they were joined by Lou Dort. So those the three of those guys from Montreal together. And then um, you know Ken kind of split from the pack. Then it was Chris and Lou walking over to see Shea Gilgis Alexander. And it's like, yo, Nick's gonna have his hands full, man. If if guys aren't are available to play, and listen, the Thunder ain't making the playoffs. The Raptors probably aren't gonna make past the second round, which is the kind of cutoff point. Like, I would really like to see some of these guys come to Team Canada and really show out because, you know, I mean, we keep talking about this golden generation, things like that. We haven't fully seen it. Um, we just haven't. Maybe we're impatient, but the Olympics come around every four years, um, and yeah, you know, I mean, we I would love to see some of the talent, even if the Raptors, even if Canada got half their talent out, uh, it would be really fun to watch, especially with Nick coaching. So. It's a. Uh, I know everyone. It's like the. It's like the line everyone gives. Oh man, there's can the talent is rising in Canada. Things like this. It's almost like a cliche at this point. But no, it really is. And I think you know the the teams coming out of Montreal right now. You know, it's, it's a lot of there's a lot of talent coming out of there too. So, um, in terms of your three stars, first star goes to Chris Boucher, 31 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, a steal, a block, 10 of 16 shooting, 
6-9 from 3, 5-7 from the free throw line, 35 minutes. Sensational. Really, the only thing I would complain about is, you know, uh, Pokushevsky uh, got him to bite a few times. But honestly, Poku's like a very shifty player. Like, how are you really going to play this guy, man? This guy honestly looks like a Minecraft character. Like, he's just weird. Like, he's, he's just weird. He literally looks like the... He, he looks like a 7-foot J.E. Skeets. <laughs> and you don't really know what he's going to do with the ball. He's like if you had, like, a super, super skinny Boris Dia in a way. So, I mean, I could see him being tricky to guard. Um, but offensively, Boucher was ridiculous. And down the stretch, he made quite a few key uh, plays. I think, let me just look up his stats in the fourth quarter in particular. Because, man, it felt like he every time, he, after he checked into the game, he was just scoring every single time. Chris, in the fourth quarter, 10 points. 3 or 4 shooting, 2 threes, uh, got another 3-point foul, hit the game clinching shot. Fantastic game. Second star, I'm going to give that to... I'm going to give that to... I'm going to give it to Malachi. 15 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, I really liked his performance in the fourth quarter. Um, Malachi was also really... The other standout player in the fourth, 8 points, 2 uh, rebounds, 3 assists for Malachi in the fourth quarter, including 2 threes and a layup. Uh, played 10 minutes and 36 seconds of the fourth and uh, was, you know, very, very solid. I really liked what he did. So I'm going to give him the second star. And then your third star. Um, I'm tempted to give it to Gary Trent just because of the pass, but I didn't think his overall game was that good. So I'm going to give it to Kem Birch. I really like what Kem has brought every single game. Again, I, I maybe it's just like the, 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 the beer goggles kind of thing with, with you know, um, you know, seeing what the Raptors had at center uh, or lack thereof all season. But, I mean, it's just he's very solid. The, the box score itself, whatever, 7 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, a block. Doesn't sound that impressive. But, you know, Birch had a 3, which is nice. Uh, he's hit, I mean, he literally had 4 total career 3s. And in the last, you know, 4 games with the Raptors, he made 2 threes. So that's 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 fun to see. Um, but defensively, it's a lot more sound. Like, you look at what Moses Brown did today. Again, 0 points, 4 rebounds after he put up 20 and 12. Big, big difference there. He's he's a factor on the glass. He's factored defensively. Once per game, he'll break up a lob pass, which isn't even necessarily... I guess it just counts as a deflection, unless the Raptors get the ball and that's a steal. But, like, it, he he does things defensively. He'll jump for rebounds. I mean, I, I, I he's... He's been very good, and today he even made two short roll passes. So, give it to Kem, man. I think Kem has gotten a star like pretty much every single game since he's come to the Raptors. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, that's honestly I'm giving it to Poku, man. Eight points, seven rebounds, five assists, six blocks. He was 0 for 8 from three, including some misses late in the game. But this guy's just crafty. He's fun to watch. Like, he's got a little bit of that LaMelo kind of quality to him with the sort of unexpected plays, especially when the ball swings to him and the guy's closing out. He's so deadly in that situation. And, yeah, I don't know, man. He's so weird to watch. He really is. There's no comparable to what he is. Like, he, he really would be, He's really, like, if you took Boris Diaz's skill set but put in Chris Boucher's body, like, he is so, so weird. And he doesn't have that much athleticism either. I don't know, man. It's it's literally all just like pure instincts. Like he's kind of he's, he's nineteen years old. He plays like an old man game. I don't know. It's but it was very fun watching him. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, you could give it to Lou Dort as well. But Lou's been balling of late, man. Twenty nine points is is great for him. Obviously, a lot more than what you normally expect. But of late, I don't know, man. You should see box. You should see Lou's uh, box scores of late. So. Um, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Raptors Reaction Newsletter. Um, you know, it's uh, 
you know, probably the best Raptors new- newsletter out there. I, I don't subscribe to any other ones, but I'm going to go with uh, this is the best one there. And you're going to get to send your takes into the mailbag. I really appreciate it. Um, someone named Jim from Brooklyn sent in a question today that I'm going to answer in the mailbag. So that was fun. I'm going to start shouting people out in the mailbag, actually. Maybe I'll do that. But he asked, he asked a pretty good question about is Fred Van Lee a chucker? Uh, and honestly, I don't understand this narrative. I really don't. Um, and, I, you know, again, you could read the newsletter for all the context and all the stats. But, like, Fred's usage rate is like 23%. He's 48th in the league in usage in terms of guards. And um, in terms of isolation, he's 86th in the league. Uh, he drives a lot, but he's also the guy who passes the most off of drives uh, in the NBA. Like, I don't really know why people start calling him the people have weird narratives like people say like oh pascal never passes to gary i'm like that's not true <laughs> that's not true i don't know why people just come up with these things like you don't be you can look into these things you can really fact check that but like i don't know somehow fred becoming a chucker become became this like running trope it's just not true he's literally one of the most past first point guards in the nba so i, I don't understand but in any case you can send your questions to the mailbag uh and if they're if they're good um, I'm going to answer in the mailbag. Plus, you're going to get takeaways from the game. You're going to get memes. You're going to get links to um, post-game content, highlights, reaction podcasts. Uh, it's a good mo- it's, it's a good uh, newsletter. It really is. So um, I'm going to drop a link to it in the podcast description. And, of course, if you enjoy the podcast, please continue to rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening to it. That would really, really help. And, um, yeah, the Raptors actually only have two games Next week, oh my goodness. I mean, they've really wrapped up a crazy busy stretch. Nine games in like 14 days or something like that. Kyle's played like one of those. So it sounds less busy in, in, in practice for some of the starters. But in any case, um, we'll see what the Raptors have in store for us next week. It'd be very, very foolish to to predict anything from this club. I'm just going to kind of ride it out here and see where they're at. And uh, yeah, so the Raptors play... On Wednesday, they have two days off. Tomorrow, they're going to be off on Monday. Tuesday, they're going to hold practice. And then Wednesday, they're going to play. So, I'll check in with you then. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.